It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again here for another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. Week two of me doing this is coming to an end. Thank you so much to everyone who's reached out. That's followed me on Twitter, at Julian Council, by the way, and has given me all this great feedback. And please, if you ever have questions, you want me to talk about a certain topic on this podcast, don't ever fail to reach out to me, at Julian Council on Twitter. Just tweet at me, hit me through my DMs. They are open. Don't get crazy now. Don't get crazy. Like, that's an open invitation, but don't lose your mind about it. And please let me know any questions you have about the Carolina Panthers, anything that you want me to talk about. Again, I'm going to have a mailbag coming up here in a few weeks after the draft is over to kind of get some of the topics in that you guys want to talk about. Eventually, there will be a Locked On Panthers Twitter page, which is something that you can also follow and reach out to. That's all going to happen. So again, rate, review, and subscribe to right here, this podcast, Locked On Carolina Panthers. Search Locked On Panthers with the Locked On Podcast Network on Apple. Rate, review, subscribe. You can also find us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts. You get it, right? We're everywhere. Every platform you want to get your podcast from, you can find on the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. On today's episode, the Carolina Panthers checked off another box late last night for their defense. I'll get into that and how that impacts them moving ahead to the NFL draft in a couple of weeks. Also, Panay Sewell. Is it Panay Sewell or bust? Is it Panay Sewell or do we riot? That's where I'm thinking right now with the first round pick based off of the signing that the Carolina Panthers made on Thursday evening. And then, where do the Carolina Panthers stack up now? You got your quarterback. You got a new corner. You, you got an edge rusher and Hassan Reddick in free agency. How do the Carolina Panthers stack up in the NFC South and in the NFC as a whole heading into year two under Matt Rule in 2021? All that and more coming up right now on the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. Now, let me take you inside of how things sometimes are going to work here. I'm going to record an episode when I have the convenience of recording an episode a lot of the times. I typically do it after I get home from work. My day job is working at Motor Racing Network, which is a part of NASCAR. So there are going to be times where I just got to bang out a podcast and I got to get out of here and I can't sit around until nine o'clock and then record. Like last night was one of those nights where I had recorded two podcasts, by the way, my podcast 704, where I sat down with Stephen Ruiz for the win of USA Today NFL writer and talked about the Carolina Panthers and his thoughts on the Sam Darnold trade. So you can go check that out as well. And I recorded right after that, this podcast. So I got home after I left to go out and get dinner and do some other things. And AJ Boye had been a Carolina Panther for 30 minutes. And I had no clue. And I was like, oh, I like this. I like it a lot. But am I going to sit here? Am I going to re-record? No, I'll just get to it on Friday like I'm doing right now with you guys. And I actually got lucky when it came to the Sam Darnold trade. I was about to take a nap on my couch at 4 o'clock. 
And then that came down. I was like, oh, crap. Well, let me do the podcast. Let me get in a Locked On Now update for Twitter. Let me go on WCNC and do all this kind of stuff. So I always try to be on top of things. So I do apologize if anyone tuned in Thursday morning being like, yo, why did this dude not talk about AJ Boye? Like, we just got a big signing and this man's not even talking about it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm here now talking about AJ Boye. I told y'all last Friday, some of the boxes that the Carolina Panthers need to check off this offseason. And one of the remaining boxes was a starting corner opposite of Dante Jackson. Rashawn Melvin on team number nine. He's a little long, a little lanky. I appreciate the the Panthers going out there and getting a veteran. I'm not going to say I didn't appreciate it. But I'm going to tell you that it did not make me excited at all if you're telling me that the corner position, the corner depth, was going to be Dante Jackson, Rashawn Melvin on his ninth team, Stan Thomas Oliver, former seventh round pick, and former fourth fourth rounder last year, Troy Pride Jr. That was not going to excite me. Even though I believe that both Thomas Oliver and Troy Pride Jr. are going to be improved this upcoming season, that ain't going to be good enough for the Carolina Panthers going into 2021. And I'm sorry for my poor grammar there, but it was not going to be good enough for the Carolina Panthers heading into the season. They needed another starting corner and they need a word that the that the Brits use a lot. They needed a proper cornerback. And they got that in AJ Boye, who they signed to a two-year deal Thursday evening. League sources said terms right now are undisclosed, but I would assume based off how these NFL contracts work. I'm always going to talk to you about when we hear these contract terms, what it really means. Don't know the exact terms, but I'm telling you what it probably is. It's one year of all this guaranteed money. And in the second year is no guaranteed money. Kind of like the Robbie Anderson deal where you had all this guaranteed money. The second year, once you hit week one, it'll be guaranteed. But until a certain point in time, it was not guaranteed. So if Boye does not play well, they can move on. So A.J. Boye is 29 currently. He'll turn 30 in August, be 30 of the season. Last year, he played in Denver with the Denver Broncos after being traded from Jacksonville where he had signed a five-year deal after being an undrafted free agent in Houston and balling out and turning himself into one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. He started 69 games over eight seasons, went to a Pro Bowl in 2017 with the Jaguars, but last year was a little bumpy, a little up and down for him. He missed four games with a shoulder injury, was sidelined at another week of a concussion before he was suspended for the final four games for PEDs, which means that he will miss out on the first two games of the 2021 season, but he will be a full participant in all other offseason activities for the Carolina Panther. That is unfortunate, of course, but with the extra game that he can play 15 out of 17 games, even though he's only once in his career played a full 16-game schedule. And the injuries last year are questionable, which is, I think, the reason why the Broncos, of course, cut him and the PED suspension and the Carolina Panthers were able to get him this late in the free agency. A guy who's been a former pro bowler and still is a solid player. There's a guy out there in Denver, Benjamin Albright, who actually does a really good job when it comes to breaking news. And I really like his perspective and respect him a lot. He was asked by a Panthers fan on Twitter last night, you know, his thoughts when it came to the Panthers signing AJ Boye he said he's still a decent player good locker room guy which is important because Matt Rule is all about culture is going to miss the first two games of the season for suspension good tackler for a corner plays a lot of trail technique man which can lead to getting beat has active hands so he's a guy who takes gambles and risks right there but he's an experienced cornerback and the Carolina Panthers needed that because even if they do go into the draft at eight and still take a J.C. Horn or a Patrick Sertain if they want to move back and then get a, a Greg Newsom out of Northwestern they still needed a veteran guy. 
because too often we've seen the last couple of years when it was the past regime with Dave Gettleman and Marty Herney, the Carolina Panthers really go into the draft trying to just plug some of these flowing holes that are just gushing water with a cork that's just not going to keep him keep him solid. Like a couple years ago, when Josh Norman had his franchise tag rescinded, they were stuck with the likes of James Bradbury, who turned out to be a really good player. Um, Daryl Worley. You had Zach Sanchez, who didn't really ever make it. And then Benet Benwickery. And that led to the Julio Jones game, where you have 300 yards receiving. That embarrassment is something that we never want to see happen again. So that's why I was not excited about the Panthers having to potentially just take a first. Now, they don't typically take first-round corners. Like, those guys were not first-round corners. Dante Jackson, who became a starter day one, was not a first-round corner. But he was put in a situation where he needed to be out there right away. And he wasn't coachable at times. We saw that on the All or Nothing series. But he has the talent. And going into a contract year with him, if he does not sign with the Panthers next offseason, you at least will have the option, depending on how A.J. Boye performs, to have Boye. And I imagine that they will at some point in time this offseason, or sorry, in the draft rather, go out and draft a corner. Might not be at eight. Could be in the second round at 39, which would be my preferred spot for them to do that. Now at eight. Scott Federer talked about using free agency to give them the opportunity to plug their holes heading into the draft and not having to rely on college talent coming in and having to start day one. What does that mean for the Carolina Panthers at eight? That's going to be the question we keep talking about. And I have a new phrase that I think is starting to catch a little steam with folks on Panthers Twitter. All that here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Bet BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like me, who was on there a couple days ago breaking down the Sam Darnold trade. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Panthers got options, folks. The Panthers have options going into the 2021 draft, and I feel pretty good about that. I talked about my checklist of things that they needed to do prior to the draft and in free agency. They checked most of them off. Got a pass-catching tight end in Dan Arnold. They got a starting cornerback opposite of Dante Jackson and A.J. Boye on a two-year deal. Don't know what the terms are. They re-signed John Miller to probably start at right guard right next to Matt Paradis at center and right tackle Taylor Moten, who, of course, was one of my checklist items. 
as the Carolina Panthers franchise tagged him for $13.6 million. Also, I wanted the Panthers to re-sign Trent Scott. He was beat, he beat out last year Greg Little at left tackle with Russell Okung, the rent to tackle, having a lot of injury issues and missing games. Getting Trent Scott back to bring in tackle depth made a lot of sense to me. So he's back. They found a new middle linebacker to take over for number 52, who we will not say his name on his podcast. Well, we will to hear right Whitehead. Um, they get Denzel Perryman from the Los Angeles Chargers, who's a heavy hitter when he's been healthy his first two seasons in Los Angeles. He's been a really good player. When he's been out, he's still a good player in my mind. So the Carolina Panthers definitely upgraded there. We're not able to re-sign Curtis Samuel, but there's a couple more things that I need them to do, which they might have to now address in the NFL draft. As Scott Fitter said, their plan going into free agency was to be able to plug as many holes as they could. Whether it's going to be long-term deals or short-term deals, and they weren't going to be a big-time player. And they really were not. The, the Hassan Reddick signing was, I think, the steal of free agency with a one-year deal, $8 million max, $6 million guaranteed. I know there's some people out there who feel like, okay, I like that, but why could you not have made it two years to where you at least you would have had the option to retain him opposed to him getting back to free agency next year or having to use the franchise tag? I'm not too worried about that. If Hassan Reddick plays the way that he is expected to play here in Carolina and having played for his former coach in college at Temple and Matt Rule and the fact that the Carolina Panthers are going to have plenty of cap space next offseason, I feel very confident that he'll be a Carolina Panther. But the things that they still need to do heading into the draft are find the three-technique defensive tackle to play next to Derek Brown, draft a safety, I believe, opposite of Jeremy Chin, a guy like Richie Grant, who they loved out at the Senior Bowl out of UCF, who also is a not a former teammate, but also from the same alma mater as AJ Boye, who the Panthers just signed on Thursday evening, and secure a long-term option at left tackle. So this week, two of the big things that they need to do this offseason. Upgrade at quarterback. I'm not quite sure whether Sam Darnold's an upgrade, but as far as his intangibles, his talent, his arm strength, I think he's an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater in that manner. Has he been a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL at any point in his, his lifetime? Absolutely not. I'm not guaranteed. I'm not. Pro, I don't. I'm not quite sure whether he'll be an upgrade or not. But I see why they talked themselves into getting Sam Darnold, who's only 23 as we currently speak, and then he'll be 24 when the season starts. I understand why they did it. Hopefully, he's an upgrade. He's a former third overall pick, so that also makes sense for why they wanted to do that. We've been through it all. They also wanted to get a corner opposite of Dante Jackson, what they've now done with A.J. Boye. So when we're thinking at eight, a lot of the talk was quarterback, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, left tackle, Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, corner, Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Now you're thinking they're at eight. Okay, well, you got your quarterback, so it wouldn't make a lot of sense to draft a quarterback if you didn't if you got Sam Darnold, because then doesn't it mean that you don't really believe in Sam Darnold? And also, why not just go ahead and trade up and do what San Francisco did if you like the guy there? And now with the corner position, it doesn't preclude them from getting a corner there, but he did put a former pro bowler now in that starting spot. So why draft a first-round corner if he's not going to start from day one? Now, it's nice that you can bring him along and you're not forcing a guy like we did with Dante Jackson and like, was done with James Bradbury and Daryl Worley back in the day, back when Dave Gettleman was the GM. So that would actually be a change of approach that we have not seen here in Carolina, it feels like, for a while. And they haven't drafted a first-round cornerback in a long time. Like I, I want to say that the last first-round corner the Carolina Panthers drafted 
was Chris Gamble, if he was a first-rounder, as I'm double-checking right now, and he was back in 2004, so that's the last one I remember seeing. So, and he was a pretty good player here in Carolina, and he retired earlier than he had to. He's like, I got my money, I played enough football, I'm out of here. So, I think right now that it is Penesul or we riot when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and what they're going to do there with the eighth overall pick. You have Sam Darnold. You have a new starting corner. I don't know if he's going to be a long-term fit or not, but you've dressed the quarterback in the cornerback positions, two of the biggest needs that this team had this offseason. So with those addressed, it makes the most sense to me. And I've been screaming this from the mountaintop for years now. I want a left tackle. I desperately want a left tackle. The Carolina Panthers did not invest in the one when they have Cam Newton. I know Dave Gettleman tried by getting Matt Khalil, but that didn't work. The Mike Rimmers of the world didn't work. The... Blind size, Michael Orr's of the world, they worked for a season, but once you got down to the Super Bowl alongside Mike Renner's on the opposite side of tackle, it didn't work. Having the Marshall Newhouses, the Chris Clarks, the putting the the um, Taylor Moten being forced to play out of position, Daryl Williams, God bless him, having to be forced to play out of position. The Carolina Panthers have to find someone to be that long-term fit at left tackle. And Panay Sewell, I keep telling you, I think he's a guaranteed lock to be a 10-year starter in the NFL alongside Kyle Pitts and Trevor Lawrence. Those are three guys in this draft that I have no doubt about. I'm not going to say that they're going to be Hall of Famers, but I think they're going to be Pro Bowl guys and All-Pro guys. And Panay Sewell, I think year one, if the Panthers bring him in, could be the starter from day one. I think he should be day one starter. And I could see him being a Pro Bowler this season. I could see him being an All-Pro guy this season. That's how good he is. I know the concern... If there's going to be any argument against him is the fact that he did not play last season. He opted out, but he was the Outland Trophy winner back in 2019 when he last played a full season with the Oregon Ducks when he was protecting Justin Herbert's blind side. Outland Trophy goes to the best offensive lineman in college football for the folks who don't know what that means. I like him. He's good. He was a former five-star player. When he's been on the field at Oregon, he has been phenomenal. And I see him being phenomenal here in the NFL. He might not be the most athletic dude and have the quickest feet like a Rashawn Slater, but he's a brick wall. And the Carolina Panthers need to invest in offensive linemen. I said the last time that they did it, 08, Jeff Ota, they traded up. Didn't necessarily work out then, but this guy is the top offensive tackle in a deep offensive tackle class. If you have the opportunity to get the number one guy at that position, then you go do it. You would not say it. This is quarterback. If you had the top, you had the chance to get the top quarterback, you would not be like, oh, well, we can. It's a deep quarterback class. Just wait, and we can get the the fourth or fifth guy. You would not do that. You would not do that at quarterback. So why would you do that at left tackle? It's well past time for this team to invest in the left tackle. Panay Sewell, or we riot. So looking at how things are now with the Carolina Panthers, I want them to draft Panay Sewell. They do that, but they don't have him on the roster yet. But looking at the current roster and the current depth chart. I now wonder where the Carolina Panthers stack up when you're looking at the NFC South. Atlanta, new head coach in Arthur Smith. Matt Ryan looks like he's going to be coming back. Are they going to add someone else like Kyle Pitts in the draft? We don't know. But are the Panthers a better team than the Falcons right now? New Orleans, no more Drew Brees. It's either going to be Taysom Hill or it's going to be Jameis Winston. Are the Panthers now better than New Orleans? The defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They brought back the entire gang so far. Everyone except for Antonio Brown. They're trying to run it back and look like they want to be Super Bowl champs again. Are the Panthers anywhere close to to competing with them in the NFC South and in the NFC overall? Where did the Carolina Panthers stack up? I'll get into that in just a moment. But first, 
let me talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious, sir. 18 amazing flavors, including nuts and non-nut flavors, including these six new flavors that I love. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and my personal favorite, apple almond crisp. They also have their 12 original flavors in coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. And here's the cool thing about all these bars. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. So if you like raspberry, you're getting raspberry and you're getting chocolate in that bar. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy too. Built Bar is great for health conscious people. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bar is just for you. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who's on that keto diet. Quickly, go over to BuiltBar.com right now, and you have a chance to earn a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's April and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th, tune in to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts including Hall of Famer Michael Urban, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so the Panthers have filled some of these holes, man. They're looking like a team that is going to be a lot better than I expected going into 2021. I asked last week, when looking at the to-do list, could they possibly fill all these holes and be a better team? I think they're a better team today than they were last year. If you look at the upgrades and the downgrades, adding A.J. Boyette corner is an upgrade from Rasul Douglas, who they got off of waivers last year after he was traded post-training camp with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're adding a former Pro Bowl corner, putting him opposite of Dante Jackson, who crossed your fingers, will hopefully be healthy after suffering the turf toe that plagued him all of last season. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Hassan Reddick. I'm curious where he fits on first and second down, but on third down, when it's him and it's Morgan Fox in the middle and you have on the opposite side, Brian Burns, and you just tell him, just go get the quarterback. Just play meet me at the quarterback. I'm excited about that. I'm excited the fact they've got a tight end, a pass-catching tight end, Dan Arnold. David Moore, I think, is a suitable replacement for Curtis Samuel and the fact that I don't believe Curtis is going to put the same numbers as he will probably put up in Washington with Christian McCaffrey back now as the number one receiving option, if we want to be honest, with the with the with D with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson serving as the number two and number three options in this offense when it comes to the passing game. This is gonna be an offense that can be explosive. Sam Darnold, he has the arm strength. Will he have the decision making to help the Carolina Panthers be a better team? I felt going into the season 
And going to the offseason, really, I felt that they would do enough likely to become a 7-10 and and 8-9 and team that once December opens up, they will be playing meaningful football. Like, they will be in the hunt. I don't know whether it's going to be a Dallas Cowboys in the hunt where, I mean, the Cowboys were only in the hunt last year. Same thing with the Giants because their division was trash. I think it's actually going to be a legitimate in the hunt where they're right there in the wild card, maybe a game, game and a half, two games out. Well, not game and a half because it's not the NBA, but two games out where if they get the right breaks, they're able to beat these certain teams. We could be sitting there in week 17, 18, really talking about this team potentially being in the playoffs. I don't know right now if they're a playoff team. Like, they're not going to win a division. I'm sorry. Sam Darnold, for, if he's even good this year, like, if he is vastly improved, he's not going to be better than Tom Brady. It's just, I just don't see that happening. The Panthers also skill positions. As good as I as they are with DJ Moore and with Robbie Anderson and with Christian McCaffrey, I just don't see them being at the same caliber as Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and bringing back Ronald Jones, who is not better than Christian McCaffrey, Gronk, O.J. Howard, everything that they have on offense. And also the offensive line that they have in Tampa is better. The defense they have in Tampa is better with Shaq Barrett coming back. Levante David, Devin White, like those, they're loaded. The Bucks are loaded. They should win the division this year, especially with the continuity with year three of Bruce Arians and year two of Tom Brady at quarterback and bringing back their entire pretty much offensive not even offensive coaching staff, they're pretty much their entire coaching staff as Todd Bowles, former head coach of the New York Jets, and Byron Leftwich, who will be one of the hot candidates going into the next cycle when it comes to NFL head coaches. I see Tampa Bay definitely winning division. And I would love for the Panthers to win it. I just don't see that happening. New Orleans is interesting. I still feel like overall, the Saints have a better roster than the Panthers. They've had a ton of success the last couple of seasons, winning the NFC South, breaking Carolina's back-to-back-to-back record of winning the division. But no Drew Brees, which leaves a lot of question marks in terms of what they're going to do at the quarterback position. If it's Jameis Winston, we've seen Jameis. We know what Jameis looks like. Is he going to be able to not turn the ball over? Because that's been his problem. I think Jameis is a good quarterback. His issues are just turnovers. If he can stop turning the ball over, then Jameis Winston could be pretty good. If it's Taysom Hill, then I think the Carolina Panthers have a very good chance to be the number two team in NFC South. And if that means they're the number two two team in the NFC South, they're right there on the cusp of making the playoffs, which are my expectations anyway. Not to make the playoffs, but to be right there playing meaningful football in December and I guess in early January as the schedule has been pushed back with the extra game this season. Atlanta? I don't know, but the Falcons were good last year. And they're a team that can't close out games. That defense has issues that have not been fixed this offseason. That offense should still be explosive, especially if they're able to add Kyle Pitts, but currently he's not on the roster. Julio hasn't really been the same Julio. He's dealt with injuries after injuries. It feels like the last couple of seasons, he's still a really good player when healthy. Calvin Ridley has been amazing for them out of Alabama. I'm not ready to say the Falcons are a better team than the Panthers. I, I don't think that. And I don't think that y'all would let me say that anyway. I think Carolina right now is the third best team in the NFC South. That might change once we get past the NFL draft. And I'll definitely talk about that afterwards. But right now, they're the number three team in the NFC South to me. Looking at the rest of the NFC, Chicago in the NFC North. I mean, come on. Adding Andy Dalton. uh, uh, No. And then they they get rid of the Fuller brother who's now playing in Denver. I, I don't see them being better than the Panthers. Uh, like the Packers, they should definitely win that division. Minnesota with Kirk Cousins again, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it. Also, Detroit, <laughs> come on, no. 
not the Lions. The NFC West is going to be tough again. I could see them getting three teams once again in the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams now getting Matthew Stafford, the 49ers, if they're healthy, they have a Super Bowl caliber roster, even if they have Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback again. And then Arizona was right there on the outside looking in last year, going into week 17. If they would have won, they would have been in the playoffs with Kyle, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. The NFC East, Giants, nah. Cowboys, Dak's back, but what, what are they going to look like? The Eagles, I don't see the Eagles either. Washington, I don't see any of those teams really being wildcard teams either. So it's going to come down. The Panthers probably competing with whatever wildcard teams are going to be out there in the NFC West and maybe Washington or Dallas, a loser of that division. So I, I think that they're right there in position to be in the playoffs. Like they might be the eighth or ninth best team right now in the NFC, which is a huge improvement from last year. So I'm excited about this team heading into the rest of the season, into the rest of this draft season, seeing what this team looks like post-NFL draft. That concludes another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can also check us out on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at Julian Council on Twitter. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. Next week, we'll continue to break down what all this means. I'm sure we'll hear from AJ Boye and Sam Darnold once we get through their physicals and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that, the impact those signings have in the Carolina Panthers and much, much more. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.